Hello and welcome to a late night latte, slightly earlier than normal, uh, on this fine weekend in the UK. It is a glorious Sunday evening. The weather is nice. The sun's been out all day. And of course, Arsenal are now top of the league and top of the league alone, might I add. It is good to be back. Uh, quick snack check for Henker. I know you're in the chats. I've got a Kit Kat orange, which I've never tried before. So right in front of you now, let's open this up and uh, devour what this might taste like. Now, I'm a big fan of chocolate orange. Uh, Mm. bit underwhelming that Nestle you need to get your uh, your game together let's get to some greetings as we normally do um hello to everyone watching around the world Chan says evening all what a glorious weekend he's got his snack and it was of course tequila I should have guessed uh Patrick favorite show of the day welcome everyone thanks so much VT hello everyone hope you're well tequila 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 that is obviously happening and it is an early uh, night latte guna vettel uh, thanks for that. Uh, and speaking of which, let's bring in some of our guests. So first, uh, well, neither of these two uh, need any introduction, but Lucy, welcome back to the firm. How are you? Hello, I'm well, thank you. It's nice to be back on such a good weekend of football too. Isn't it just? And it's good to be back in the UK, right? Because you've been gallivanting around the US of A. What was that like? Yes, I have. I've spent three months in California, been traveling around, been doing a bit of work. Um, beautiful weather, great people, although they didn't know about football. So explaining soccer, as they like to call it. Um, I spent a lot of my time explaining who Arsenal were. So hopefully we've got a couple more fans over there now. Um, but it's <laughs> and, nice and did you to be make, back. I bet it is. And did you make it back in time for the start of the new season? I did. I hopped off the plane on the Wednesday um, and made it to Selhurst Park on a Friday night <laughs> um, to a 2-0 win. So it can't get much better than that, can it? Absolutely not. What dedication that is. And I'd like to bring in Woz as well. Those of you guys will be familiar to Woz. Woz, welcome back to the firm. How are you, man? I'm good, thank you. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. Have you got your voice back from yesterday? I've got my voice back just about. Um, I must admit, though, your face after that snack was a bit like some of our performances last year. So thankfully, we're not. Um, <laughs> you was not a fan of that Kit Kat, was you, mate, to be honest? Mate, Kit Kat Orange. I, I, Very I, disappointing <laughs> for you. Yeah, really disappointing, mate. I love chocolate orange, right? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Chocolate orange fingers, Terry's chocolate orange, chocolate orange twirl, but Kit Kat. Nah, man, it's it's just, it hasn't hit the button. So <laughs> not for me, not for me. But um, but you're doing well, though, yeah? Uh, was it a late one well, in Bournemouth mate, yeah. for you last night? wasn't too bad, mate. We we headed straight back. Obviously, the train strikes and everything. Um, a few people stayed down there. I wish I could have, really. But, um, yeah, it was a good day. It was just a, what a trip, eh? Perfect. We'll speak about it in a minute, I'm sure. But, I, yeah, lovely. I'm sure we were. And of course, it helps this time of year to go down to the south coast. Bournemouth, everyone was in fine spirit. The weather's amazing. And if you've ever, if, you, if, if you're watching and you're in the UK and you've never been to Bournemouth, get down there. I mean, was I take it you're a regular down there, are you? Yeah, my mum actually lived down there, so, yeah. I'll go down there for a bit. So it's good. Um, I love it down there. It's good for a night out as well if you're into that sort of thing. But yeah, lovely beaches down there. Beautiful on that south coast. So fully recommend it if you haven't been. It is indeed. Arsenal Granny, great weekend, Gooners. Absolutely. It is. Uh, Teta's Tricky Reds on top. By the way, uh, please don't mock me for my Mikel Arteta impression from earlier today. We did do the breakdown with Art de Roche of The Athletic. If you're interested in the press perspective of the game, I've taken pelters for it all day on Twitter. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's nice to see that everyone's been very kind so far. Mr. Clark, hi, everyone. Freddie P, Evening FK. Evening, Freddie. It's nice to see you again. Uh, and uh, P. Smitty, Arsenal deserve first place for now. Yes, of course, there's a long way to go. Um, look, guys, it's been a great start to this new Premier League season campaign for Arsenal. As of this sort of earlier this afternoon, we are now alone at the top of the table with three wins out of three. 
of course, the Barclays Premier League title is now in our hands. Now, I, I don't want to get carried away. But look, it's very, very early days. I want to talk about the win yesterday. I want to talk about the Arsenal fans because they have been magnificent for a number of years now. But yesterday, in particular, stand-up performances, Lucian was. Any individuals that have caught your eye, William Saliba, I'm sure, is going to be on that list. Martin Erdegaard, I want to kind of push you guys about. And Mikel Arteta spoke about firepower, um, you know, in the, the, the last few days of the transfer window. Who do we need to sign? So I want to get your thoughts on who that might be. Uh, Arsenal Granny, you're being very, very kind. You were great, FK. Uh, th- <laughs> thanks for that. I really appreciate it. Listen, if you guys will behave yourself, I might end the show with a little snip of Mikel. Uh, right. So let's share the screen as we normally do, straight into the slides. Uh, was I want to come to you first. Arsenal were unchanged going into the game yesterday. Uh, you might have heard the team news, obviously, as you were sipping away on your pre-match beers. Um, was that the right thing to do for Mikel? That's exactly what I thought would happen, mate. I, I don't think um, think if he was going to see any rotation, he'll look maybe towards the Fulham game next week at home. Um, it's a difficult place to go early in the season, newly promoted side, away from home, small ground. You know, it's not never going to be easy there. So we look settled. We look balanced. Um, Tommy Asser has not had many minutes, I think, really out of, out of the lineup. That would have been the only sort of change you could really look at from our strongest 11 as it stands um and and kt getting minutes as well and getting back into the swing of things so i did to be fair fully expect him to name an unchanged team and um and i was quite pleased when i saw he did you mentioned tommy asu um was loose i want to come to you uh, there's there's a few people that are saying tommy asu as soon as he's fit as soon as he's ready back straight into the team uh what have you thought of ben white's performances so far lucy and would tommy asu walk straight back into the starting 11 for you um, I'm sure many will probably disagree, but I wouldn't say he would walk back into the team. I think this team, I think it's been spoken about before, have worked in this format on training and they're working with each other every day. I think when you do make that change, I think it has to be in the likes of potentially maybe Fulham next week, maybe a lesser game. Not that any games are lesser games anymore. Um, I think Ben White's played really well. I think he's moving further up the pitch as well, which is a great kind of added on for us. Um, will he walk back into the team? I've seen him play a couple of other under-23 games and he's looked quite sharp. Obviously, it's match fitness again, isn't it? Um, and the level we're playing at right now, I don't think Tommy will walk straight into the team. I think it's going to take some time. Yeah, I think you're quite right. I think they're, they're obviously very different players, but I'm really interested to see how Bukayo Saka will also flourish with a more accustomed, proper, traditional, orthodox right-back playing sort of behind him as well. Um just going into the game was, what was your mood like, obviously, pre-match? I mean, people have said, oh, it's only Bournemouth, but we've seen what Leeds have done to Chelsea today. Um, every game in the Premier League, as we know, can be an unforgiving sort of place. Every game is a potential banana peel. Were you confident? Were you expecting Arsenal to win the way that we did? Uh, or, or were you a little bit anxious about it? I was violently confident, to be fair. I was, I was shouting about five nils in the pub and everyone's <laughs> looking at me like I've lost the plot. And I, I'm sort of going to myself, do you know what? I, I just... Got full belief in this team at the moment. And I said, look, if we nick an early goal, I'm telling you now, that will just shut down any sort of early press that they try and I mean the way the game developed, we were just sensational from minute one. But yeah, I just I just had in the back of my mind, you know, the way we are at the moment, we get that early goal, get them on the back foot, it's game over because they're not at the level Bournemouth are, they're not going to compete with us when we're on song. And I just knew the way we played in the two previous fixtures, the amount of chance we've been creating free-flowing football, just everyone knows what they're doing and just thought, get that early goal and we went and got two, you know, so, and it really, it should have been five, six, seven, it could have been anything, you know, we had we had good clear-cut chances, so, so I don't know why, I just, 
it's a good feeling, a good buzz at the moment, but you've always got in the back of your mind, yeah, look, it's a, it's a tough, tough fixture. I've newly promoted side, but I just was confident and I just felt when we're good at the moment, these sides can't touch us. They really, really can't get near us. And um, there's that air of um, enjoyment and invincibility that we haven't seen for years at the moment. And it, and it just feels good down there. So, yeah, I was, I was quietly, well, not quietly confident, I was bloody loudly confident. But, violently um, confident, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's how I describe it. Yeah, I was violently confident in the pub. Well, you mentioned early goal, and it was early goals that we got courtesy of our new club captain, Martin Erdegaard. And Martin Erdegaard obviously scoring uh, a brace, and it was the last that you know, the last brace that he got in professional football before yesterday was when he was 15 years old, uh, playing for a team called, forgive me, Stroms Godset. Uh, hopefully I've pronounced that correctly. I'll talk about the graphic courtesy of Sky Sports on the right-hand side in just a second. But Lucy, how important was it for Arsenal to get that early start that was, as just mentioned, you know, straight out the blocks, 1-0 after 5 minutes, 2-0 after 11 minutes. I mean, that really settles our nerves, doesn't it, as a team? Yeah, definitely. And I think even looking back on last season, how many times did we go 1-0 up and then it went 1-1? Or we were 2-1 up and then it went 2 like constantly. Um, and it was kind of that feeling as an Arsenal fan when you're stood watching is, we're not safe here. We need to get another goal. And I think that's kind of what we're conquering this season is actually... We did go 1-0 up really quickly and we got that second goal. And that's kind of where that comfortable comfortable situation comes in. And as fans, we can sit back and think, do you know what? We have got a two-goal lead here. We still need to keep pushing on. But equally, we've got that kind of cushion to sit back on. And that's what we've been lacking the past couple of seasons. In we've gone 1-0 up and we've not pushed. We've sat back. And I think kind of getting that confidence, that first couple of goals really pushed us on um, yesterday. And hopefully we'll see that in games going forward as well. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Arsene Wenger's greatest teams. You know, over the years when we were at our very, very sort of peak, we would blow teams away in that first sort of 10 to 15 minutes. And it allows you to kind of just sort of sit back, re, you know, regather, go again, go up the gears if you need to, in the, in, you know, at late, latter stages of the game. And it's just nice to have that start. It settles the fans. Yeah, you know, the, the Bournemouth Stadium was, as you know, as, you, as obviously you know much better than anyone. It's a small stadium. You know, they can get they can get on your back. 10,423 was the capacity uh, yesterday. Uh, just a word on the fans uh, was before we talk about Martin Erdegaard and, and maybe areas of development for him. What a tremendous atmosphere. I mean, Arsenal fans were in magnificent voice from start to finish. And the quick start double that we've just talked about really helped Arsenal fans kind of dominate the atmosphere. I mean, is, is that a fair way of describing it? Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of people will know for years on end, even when we've been poor, our way fans have been superb. You know, we, we don't, we often don't get enough respect for that. We always travel, we sell out every single away and we're always in good voice. And uh, now we're playing well, we've stopped fighting each other, which is a, a big bonus, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> Helps. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, it does help, you know. We, we, we pass that on to Man United, we'll let them do that now. So, but now in all seriousness, I mean, the away end was just rocking. As you say, it's quite a, a tight, tight small ground I mean I've seen garden sheds bigger than that stand behind a goal um <laughs> it's, it's, it is a bit like a holiday camp at Bournemouth away and when it is going well it's very very easy there but as you say it can be a difficult difficult place to go with it intense and on the pitch but yeah I mean yesterday the sun was shining the arsenal were flowing the songs were singing tequila you know you, you, you could hear it on tv I'm sure you could but it was just it was just relentless non-stop everyone having fun lots of smiles on faces and that's what going to the football is all about mate and it's, it's nice that we can then start enjoying it again rather than being stressful and a miserable journey 
quite and you mentioned tequila lots of comments coming in simon marie says who else had a hankering for tequila today i suspect we all <laughs> did uh, sticking with you was martin odegaard as you know is coming for a bit of criticism amongst the arsenal fan base for just lacking that i don't know greater devastation in the final third you know not really racking up the numbers i think it all stems from the chance that he got that he sort of missed at sellers park you know that right foot where he took that one touch and I think Arsenal fans just want Erdegaard to be amongst the goal scorers a bit more, finding himself in more dangerous positions, obviously ratcheting up his, his, his assist numbers, but having more influence on the game. Was his brace yesterday a sign of things to come? Uh, and when you look at the stats, this is courtesy of Sky Sports. Last season, first in each of those kind of um, areas of the game and amongst Premier League midfielders, he ranks quite highly. So, yeah, I mean, is this very much martin's chance now to really kind of step up and get closer to that ceiling that everyone talks about i think um first thing to say is obviously when we're playing well and winning games nobody likes to hear criticism but you can you can be constructive it's not i think as soon as someone mentions it doesn't mean they think he's rubbish or you know it's literally some of it i think is very fair criticism of erdegaard especially earlier on in the season but we sat here with yemen remember we discussed it and i said we remember what happened to Cesc Fabregas when he, you know, he, he, he all of a sudden he got one and then bang, bang, bang. And the confidence, and I'm sure we're going to talk about the goals, but the chance fell his way, he scored. And you look at the way he took the second one, you know, it, it might just be, that's all he needs, that little bit of confidence, that one that fell at his foot, it's in the net. Next thing, you know, no hesitation, next one, wallop, see you later. And I think um, we all know he's got the quality to do that. And statistically, the numbers stand on their own. His work rate is immense. He, he's, a, he's a sensational player and he's still so young. Like the reality is, he's still good three, four years possibly away. I know he started at a young age in his career, but I, I do think that he can continue and he'll have longevity. So I'm hoping, sort of, you're looking at sort of 26, 27 years of age when he really is at the peak of his powers. But as a side, the way we're progressing now, where if we do start adding numbers, if these younger players do start adding numbers, you know, the sky's the limit. It, it could happen sooner rather than later. So. I'm very, very pleased for Martin Odegaard. We can all see the quality. We all know even when he's not having his best game, he works his absolute nuts off. So it's nice to see him get rewarded in that way yesterday. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I've I've been on the show. I think, Luce, we had a chat post the Newcastle game towards the back end of last season, just saying that there are games every now and again when Martin Odegaard, you would just expect him to do a bit more. And it's, it, it is about goals and assists for me, of course, but it's also just about the influence he has on games. And, you know, was you've just mentioned Sesk, I mean, one of the best players that I've ever seen play for this club. Um, one of the most naturally talented players I've seen. I don't think Odegaard's at that level just yet. I think, he, you know, he's got the capabilities potentially of, of reaching that. But it's about influencing games. It's about when the rest of the team are down. It's about taking it by the scruff of the neck and really lifting everybody else in the team. Luce, what are your thoughts on the, I suppose, criticism that Odegaard has, has received? And do you think this could be a really big season for him? Yeah, and you think he's taken on the captaincy as well, which is a big kind of role for him. He kind of had it at the end of last season, but this is his first season as Arsenal captain. Um, he's kind of got that support from Jesus and Xhaka, which is really important as well. Um, so I think it is going to be a big season for him. I think he's had that time to settle. He's got that time to get used to the Premier League because it is a big change when you come over um, to the Premier League and to a team like Arsenal. Um, I think he works well with Arteta. You see him a lot in the All or Nothing documentary and um, I'm sure that's been mentioned a lot in terms of kind of fans getting to know the players a lot more as well. Um, I think as a captain, he'll lead us forward. He's kind of quietly confident and hopefully that confidence will see a lot more. Um, he said, I think it's in his post-match interview that he wants to develop his goal scoring. 
Um, and maybe we will see that. And hopefully this is the start of um, him scoring many more goals. Yeah, I think you're right. And Idibito says Erdegaard has been amazing out of possession. Uh, deserved the goals yesterday. I think he absolutely deserved it. Um, uh, you know, his his work rate is phenomenal. I think there's there's a couple of stats going around where he's you know covered the most distance. Certainly in our first two games, and about yesterday. But when you've got someone like that who works so hard off the ball and is an increasingly influential uh, part of the team, it can only be, you know, really positive. And I like the stats that I see on screen. Obviously, first rank ranks first at Arsenal for chances created, chances from open play, chances from ball carries, through balls, passes into the box, possession one in the final third. But look how high he ranks compared to other Premier League midfielders from last season. And bear in mind, last season, we weren't at our at our best and already this season we, we, we you know we're so much better so absolutely really really sort of excited about what what we might achieve uh through martin Odegaard this season moving on to da, 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 da. <laughs> i promised i wouldn't <laughs> do it but i've done it again <laughs> william saliba that is the heading you know that's it that's the heading of this slide i've obviously got his goal on here and we'll talk about that in just a second uh but was you've come on the late night latte now a couple of times this season and you've eulogized just about him as a defender, you know, the, the calmness, the composure, the, the level of talent that this guy has got from, you know, his physical traits, you know, his, his, his posture, his status, his height, his physique to the way he reads the game and intercepts. He's such an intelligent player to his passing completion. I mean, yesterday at halftime, he'd completed 63 of 63 passes. And I think he actually completed the game with a hundred percent pass success. I don't know what, what else there is more to say about this guy, but tell me from a fan perspective in the stadium yesterday was, what is it like watching this guy play at the back again and then lead us into the goal? He's just, um, like we're saying, the stature of the man for his age, that's the most impressive thing. And he's, he just exudes calmness on the ball. Everything he does is just calm. You know, it's really calm. Even when the fa- at the end, the fans are all singing it, singing his name. They're all over, and he looks so shy. And it's like it's almost as if to say, "Oh, like very thanks, but please don't sing my name." And whenever everyone's going Saliba, he's put his little thumb up like that to the fans. Like every time it was Saliba, he put his little thumb up again. And it's just like this young kid, and he is a young kid, genuinely could blossom into one of the best centre backs on the planet. And it's it's so exciting to see. And he. You know, I don't want him to get too much recognition too early because there will be instances. But he physically, mentally, I mean, the way he scored the own goal the other last week. Look at the way he responded. Look at the way the fans treated him. It's because they know that there's something special here with this guy. And it and and by the way, it's not just him. His partnership with Gabriel is absolutely superb. I thought, you know, if teams try and play long, they win it in the air. If teams try and run in behind, they're quicker than them. If teams try and come short, they get tight. You know, they've got everything in their lockers. They really are two very, very good centre-backs. But Big Willie, the, I just can't... It's really difficult to explain watching someone that talented. And it's been a long, long time. When you look back down the years, probably the last centre-back partnership we had of any note was probably um, Per and Koss for, for, for a little period. And they weren't, you know, top, top level. Before that, you had Colo and Sol. And then, obviously, you got Adams and, and, and back then. So... Down the years, we, we've not had a partnership. And when I look at these two, I look at their profile, I look at their age, and I just think, come on, boys, we've got to be excited here. We really have got to be excited because even though they're young and they're both still very young and they will make mistakes, the way they're churning out performances at the moment, I don't, I honestly don't fear. I think they can deal with the physicality. They can deal with the strikers at Rome. I think they've got everything in their locker. And um, 
And it's nice when they, in front of them, you've got a, like the hungry hippo, Thomas Party, anything near him, he just goes, oh, like, like that. He's just anywhere within five yards of him, he just gobbles it up. So it's, at the moment, the, the everything's just right for it. But Saliba, he's such a big geezer as well. He's just so lovable. And, and like you said, I mean, you'll go into this goal, but Jesus Christ, what, what can he not do? What? Bloody hell. Absolutely. I mean, look, we're going to come on to the goal in just a second. I had a question that I was going to ask you, and I've I've actually just sort of misplaced it because the the the, the, ch- the chat feed is so fast. But I think I think it was it was along the lines of, what do you think of Ben White and Saliba as a pairing? And the reason why I'm asking you was is because you've been very, um, let's say, very confident, outspoken, whatever the word is, or assertive about the Saliba-Gabriel partnership, as you've just articulated. Mm. Is there any sort of mileage in that? In fact, I've just found it. Uh, Nihar, sorry to block you, Lucy, temporarily. Nihar Taksande, what do we think about Saliba and White as a centre-back pairing? I think we'd have more control. What do you think about that, Was? I think um, I think Gabriel was very underrated on the ball. I think if you if you look last season, uh, all passing stats and, and, and the value of the passes, Gabriel is very, very high on the list. He, he's always top three. And um, I just like that left side, right side balance. I think it, it aids the full backs as well. When, 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 if you're if you're a left sided centre back and you're coming across on the cover, if you're right footed there, it becomes very difficult to put in a natural tackle. And I, I, you see it when when I, I never like to see a defender slide with their sort of right leg coming across. They think they have to get there first, and if it gets nicked, they're gone. Whereas a lot of the time, I know it sounds stupid, but the body shape of a left footer going across, they've got their body open. They're square. They're not going to get run past. They're not going to dive in. So I just quite like the left foot, left side, right side balance. It's not to say Ben White can't play there. I just think in the long run, I think having four centre-backs, much like Manchester City, we saw today that Stones and Ake started and they've got Diaz and Laporte. And, you know, and I, and I just think we're going to we're gonna need that four. So that don't, don't worry about who starts now. I do think for me personally, my strongest pairing is what we've got at the moment. But I've got absolutely no qualms with anyone, Benny White stepping in. And when we get this left-sided, I think we'll get another left-footed, left-sided centre-back who, who sort of play that role naturally. And I think as a progression, we'll rotate the squad and it'll be no issues at all. And that's what sort of Manchester City do comfortably at the moment. And the top size, Liverpool have got four very good centre-backs, you know, with um, Matip, Van Dijk, Canate and um, Joe Gomez. So they can, they're in a similar situation. So to get to that level, I think that's what we'll do. I think... Um, Ben White, obviously, is very likeable. He's great on the ball. We can all see why we love him. But I just feel that when we get to a certain stage and a certain level, we can't marry marry ourselves to players. And I think we've got to accept that there's going to be rotation. And when we get good, like we are getting, it's not an issue if someone comes in. I mean, past years gone by, I'm looking at our two centre-backs. I think if one of them are injured, I'd rather put my boots on because I'm scared of what's about to happen, you know. And and, that, and I just don't feel like that anymore. And, and we're sort of getting there in a lot of positions. The quality at left back, centre back, you know, we we got we know there's a couple of areas, and Mikel is fully aware of that, and he's said about it time and time again. But from a centre back point of view, I think we just got to enjoy it. But I do like that left foot, right foot balance, and I just think you're naturally, especially covering positions when people are tucking in and you've got players rotating. If a left sided, left footed centre back is going across the left back to cover, it doesn't matter for him; it's natural, you know. Even as even the first pass, when you're going across, if he wants to play a first-time pass, he's on his strong foot and we're gone. And a lot of times you see Gabriel, that ball down the line to Martinelli, that would get it time and time again. And teams don't like to deal with it. And the same happens on the right. So it's, they're little things. And yeah, you can deal without that happening, but it's just all along it aids, you know, just the quicker progression of the ball and things like that. So 
yeah, I wouldn't say Ben White can't do it, but that's just why my preference is to have Gabriel there. I love that. I love that. And Luce, before we talk about the goal, I want to I want to ask you how William Saliba makes you feel because Naif has summed it up for me. And look, as Arsenal fans, as football fans, we often get carried away. You know, young players come through or players come through the, through the academy and we all sort of eulogise about them and think that they're going to be the next, you know, big legend. But actually, Naif says Willow is generational. I mean, this guy, we talked about Sesk a minute ago. And when I first saw Sesk play for Arsenal, I thought, crumbs this guy is going to be unbelievable and he he has you know still to this day one of the in my top five players brilliant players that i've seen at this club when i see saliba i look at this guy and i think oh my god like this he is going to be the next big thing i mean is is knife saying sorry knife if i butchered your name is is knife right you know is he a generational talent how does he make you feel when you're watching william saliba play for arsenal do you know what? it blows my mind he is 21 years old like, I know we've got a young team, we've got a lot, lot of young players, but to have that level of talent and that quality at 21 years old is rare. And if we don't hold on to him and get into, I've seen a lot of comments saying he needs to sign the contract. Yes, the Arsenal, get on it because we have to sign this guy up. I think to, we never thought we'd see him again in an Arsenal shirt, let's be honest, uh, where he would kind of want to stay at Marseille and um he's finally back in an arsenal shirt he's playing the fans absolutely adore him and he's played three games like if we don't we just yeah need to sign him up he needs to stay and do you know what of all this like all the comments that are coming through i mean you've you've hit the nails on the head both of you but the, the word that i would use is calm like i think there's a there's a comment here from someone called rancid rancid says after all those years of Mustafi, I feel uncomfortable with Saliba, but I was worried where this was going for a second, but very, very unfamiliar feeling. And I think, Francis, I think you're probably alluding to the fact that you just feel really calm at the back. Like there's no air of panic. Like I think Woz just said it. Every, if a ball goes in, if a player gets in behind, if, if, if someone's running at them, Saliba just makes you feel so relaxed about it. It's almost like a goal scorer at the other end. When Henri used to go through on goal, you'd think, yeah, there's a certain sort of inevitability about this. Like, yeah, we're going to score. And when a player goes up against Saliba, you're kind of thinking, yeah, Willow will just deal with that. Um, and I, I just love what I see. I want to move on to the goal. So we're 2-0 up. Uh, 2-0 up at halftime. Bournemouth come out. Scotty Parker gets into his team at halftime, wants them to be a bit more physical, blah, blah, blah. We see out the first five, 10 minutes. And then, of course, this happens. We get a free kick on the right-hand side. The ball makes its way across to the other side of the pitch. Granite Xhaka was, my I add, gets the assist. But, I mean, Willow, our centre-back, is on the edge of their box. And his left foot putted it into the top corner side netting of this goal. I, I, I'm still lost for words. Like I could not believe what I was seeing. I mean, Luce, when you when you watch that going on TV, what are you thinking? I think my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> I was honestly in shock. Like what an outrageous goal that was. And you see that from the likes of Zinchenko. Like I've watched his reaction over and over again of him just standing there with his hands on his head, just thinking what on earth just happened? And you see Arteta stood on the sideline with exactly the same emotion of, did he really just score that? And I think when you look at it back, Zinchenko's telling him not to, not to shoot, saying don't shoot, but actually he goes for it and he hits it in and what an incredible goal that is. Um, one that I think will go down in history for a very long time for William Sweeper. 
I, I, mate, I couldn't believe it. And you, like you say, you look at Sinchenko's reaction. I mean, that's just an image courtesy of now underscore Arsenal. But the way he fell to his knees, like in complete disbelief. And even after he picks himself up and he walks towards the half uh, halfway line, he's sort of questioning, like, what have I just seen? And his post-match interview on Match of the Day, uh, Sinchenko just says, he's unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. And you know, you've got to bear in mind the, the players that Alexander Sinchenko has seen in his time at City. You look at Jesus, you know, hands on his head you look at party and Saka and actually there's a there's a lovely um video as part of the highlights where uh Saliba's wheeling away to the to the corner flag and the Arsenal fans that are running behind him they're all like oh, they just can't believe it was what was it like in the stadium I mean we've said already 10,423 fans a small group of Arsenal fans but you've witnessed that just a few yards away from you I mean are you believing what you're seeing I'll tell you what I did believe, that after we sung his name for about three and a half hours, <laughs> that he was going to score. What I didn't believe <laughs> is he would pull one in the top corner from the edge of the box. Um, as you say, like the, when it goes to the back post, it's actually Jack Xhaka brings it down perfectly. You know, it's quite a difficult still to lay that and it just sat and it, you just see it rolling towards him. It's all like slow motion and you just watch him and he got a big old left peg. He leans back a bit, curls into the top bit and the Honestly, I'm just standing there like Zinchenko. I'm like, what has just happened? Like, is this? And he just after, literally, after all of his name being sung for that long, I did think, you know, he's he's going to get his first goal today. Surely, after just that relentless before half time, just non-stop of tequila, and for him to do that was just, you know, it's just perfect, absolutely perfect. And it's it's mad that we're sat here talking about a 21 year old centre back who's just pinged one in the top corner, and and that that is like the least exciting thing for me that he's done because he's just. We can eulogise him all day long and um, it's going to be really good, you know, to see him up against the, the, the top, top players in the league. But so far, he's just dealt with everything that's come his way and, and there will be tests and he will make mistakes because he's young and we've got to remember that. But, you know, we got he's going to be on this journey and, and thankfully he's with us at the moment. And deep down, I've got a sneaky feeling I think he has signed that deal and I think they're waiting for Hector to go and he gets that number two and it all comes out with a big reveal and, and everyone's happy, you know. Um, but... I, I, I certainly hope so. And just on the chance, I mean, you say it was being sung for hours and hours. I got a WhatsApp and you said, I've just, I just started the, the, the Willow just, chant. Mate, there but... was, um, yeah, it's cracking. It was really cracking. But um, you, you, you could see all the Bournemouth fans just so fed up. And the more fed up they got, the more we sung it. So <laughs> it's just, I think we're going to piss a few people off this season with that song. So long may it continue. Things you but... just love to see. Were you surprised was that he wheeled away to the to the Bournemouth fans, like I mean, Mate. I suppose at that moment he, he's he's just curled it top bins, and he's thinking he didn't know what was going on. Know what he's doing. <laughs> no, he didn't know what was going. On. He did not have a clue what he had just done. He he probably thought he was running towards our fans at first, and then he sort of got to the corner, slid on in his knees, and he's like, "Oh shit, where am I?" But um, <laughs> it's like you're three 0 up against Bournemouth. Why are you going to taunt their fans? He just didn't know where he was going, did it? It'd have been perfect if he had just run the other way. But you can't have everything, can you? Eh? No, you can't. But as it you really say, was. I loved it. Mate, all the players went over. They're all slapping him on the head, aren't they? Like, it's, just, it's just brilliant <laughs> to see. The camaraderie between that team is just immense. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll see that happen for a long, long time. Not, And if it does, then, Christ, I don't know what I'm going to do. A couple of things I want to pick you up on uh, just before we move away from, obviously, the game and, and focus more on the season and what sort of changed. Um, to hear chants like that for someone like William Saliba, who is clearly, uh, you know, this is this is his boyhood club. Like everyone talks about when they join a club, they're always, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm growing up. I always used to watch this club. He's been pictured in Arsenal shirts ever since the youngest age. You know, Kylian Mbappe's father, who coached him and Kylian for, you know, when they were very, very young, all of his, he used to go to his training sessions in Arsenal shirts. 
big man's done it again, hasn't he? But when it comes to Saliba, when he's listening to those chants at 21 years of age, when he's making that mistake, for example, the own goal the other week against Leicester, and then the Arsenal fans like standing ovation, getting back on him, you know, clapping that first touch after he conceded that goal. That, I mean, how must he be feeling? Like, he came out after the game was very sort of modest in his sort of appreciation for the for the chance that were going on at the time. You talked about the, the the players in the squad was they've gone back into the dressing room and they've all started singing that song to him. I mean, the guy today must have just been a glorious day if you're William Saliba. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's just one step along the way, you know. It's, it's it's little things like this. He'll remember that. He'll remember his first goal. But ultimately, for him, it's about getting his head down week in week out and replicating these performances. That's what it's about. It's not about a one-off goal. It's not about, you know, having a good few games. It's about repetition. It's about keeping that consistency in his game. And it's about continuing to improve. And he will know that if he wants to stay at the top, top level, he cannot, you know, enjoy games like that. But they, they, that, them sort of things happen few and far between in football. And it's going to be a tough, tough journey. So he knows. He's, and he, it seems like he's got that mentality. You can tell the whole squad now are, are sort of become a product of the environment. They've all got that mentality and there's not one player there that is not thinking that way. So Saliba himself, as a young lad, he needs the people around him. You know, he needs them moments where things go wrong. He could very easily get his head down. So the support from the fans is superb. But I just, um, I just believe in him so much. And I think the players do and the fans clearly do. So... We can expect a lot to come from him, but it's very, very early on in his career. And, and, and the main thing for him is that he just keeps doing what he's doing, keeps improving, stays solid and um, keeps enjoying the old tequila song because he's going to hear a lot of that. I love all the <laughs> just just random, random things in the chat. Just Saliba! Uh, uh, Luce, just final thing on the Arsenal fans. Obviously, watching it on television, we were so vocal, magnificent to hear. And Granite Xhaka getting a chant as well. I mean just rounds off the perfect day. I mean, you, you and I have talked about Granite Jacalusi in the past, as of you and I was, but wasn't it nice to, to see him get that reception from the Arsenal fans after what's been, let's say, a very turbulent time at the club? Luce, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and you see it as that kind of redemption, don't you, for Granite Xhaka is. It's kind of come full circle and the fans are finally back on board with him and he deserves it. I think he's really stepped up again this season. He's kind of got that vice-captaincy role um, and I think he's kind of his mentality is changing and I'd like to say that with the whole team um, but particularly him I think he's maturing a lot um, and he realizes he has got all these young kids to kind of coach and that do look up to him um, and hopefully he'll take that more on board but to have the fans singing his name was just kind of a wholesome moment yesterday um, and kind of the whole songbook of chants that's come out this past season um, for Zinchenko, for Xhaka um, for William Saliba, like it's brilliant. It's really good as a fan base. You feel that coming together um, and long may it continue. Absolutely. The chants are just oh, amazing. Really, really good fun. Look, there are hundreds of you watching, just shy of 500 watching live right now. I, I really appreciate it. Do drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Lots of comment, uh, lots of comments, lots of content like this to come throughout the entire season. I want to move on to something that Aaron Ramsdale sort of started. It got me thinking, which is basically the difference that a year makes. And look, I have to caveat, obviously I'm not comparing fixtures, but if you look at the first image, uh, last season, painful memories, you know, Three fixtures, Brentford away, Chelsea at home as our first home game, and of course City away where we were thumped. Bottom of the league, zero out of nine points. Fast forward a year, 
Look, I don't care what people say. Palace away is, is a tricky game. We've just seen what, what Wilfried Zaha is capable of doing, you know, the way he sort of tortured Villa yesterday. We've gone to Sellers Park, we've won. And of course, last season, just a few weeks ago, uh, we were we were pumped uh, at Sellers 3-0. We've beaten Leicester City. They're a bit out of sorts. But Bournemouth, again, you know, small, intimate ground, newly promoted, you know, on their day, if they can get a good start, they are going to take points off, off many teams this season. It is like nine out of nine with top of the league, as I've said. And actually, again, the sort of right image, most goals scored this season, most shots on, on, on goal this season and most touches in the opposition box. And this is a, an Arsenal team that just two years ago were being criticised for that horseshoe shape attacking style under, under Mikel Arteta. Aaron Ramsdale gave an interview on Sky Sports after the game. He was asked by Dave Jones, you know, what's different? What's changed? And he opened by saying we're more ruthless. We've learned a lot from the from the experience of what was heartbreak last season. And then he talked about the uh, influence of new arrivals, Sinchenko and Gabriel Jesus. But Waz, I want to come to you first. As someone who goes home and away, as as do you, Luce, but but Waz, just 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 getting your thoughts on this. What do you think has changed from, from this season to last season? I know it's only three games in, and I know I don't really want to compare the three games last season, but uh, just tickle me with that. But already you can see the team is so much more different. Lucy talked about that connection that we've got with them. The team seemed more vibrant. They're just such a likable group of guys. But but tell me, was what is different for you? First things first, we've added real quality, genuine quality. Um, I think for the vast majority of Arteta's reign, he he's flirted with different sort of approaches. Um, we've never really had a set style and a, and a way of playing. And, and maybe that was because he was attempting to get to a scenario where we, where he felt he had the personnel to carry out what we're doing now, because we have drastically changed regarding personnel and it is, is improving by the signing, you know, um, we had a good summer last year, way better summer than anyone sort of anticipated. And that was mainly like we discussed before. It's, it's not just the, 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 the type of player they are. It's, it's the way they are. It's the human they are. It's it's the reality of the situation that they're joining a squad that everyone's on the same level and they're all balanced and they're all fighting towards the right, right goals, you know. And whatever we think about players that have been and gone, ultimately there's a reason that Arteta disliked them or didn't get on with them or just didn't think they were the right fit. And I think we're now getting to the stage where after a lot of investment, don't get me wrong, and we've got rid of players and some players we got rid of the hard way and it might have hurt us in the short term. But the reality is we have now brought in people like Gabby Jesus, who, without disrespecting any previous strikers, is just on a complete other level. You know, he's just that, that for an instance, the first goal, I mean, the way he's, the ball's up 50 foot up in the air, he's just got his body in, took it down, danced past three people, reverse pass. And you're looking at him thinking, Jesus Christ, like, I mean, Lacazette, by the time he got to that box, Lacazette would still been put his bum in the, in the defender trying to win the aerial duel, you know? <laughs> so it's just it, it, it's just that difference in quality and it, it just takes it up a level. It's like Zinchenko coming in, Kieran Tierney's one of the best left-backs in the Premier League, but we're just increasing that level. Signing by signing, we are increasing that level. William Saliba's come in, he's increased that level, you know? Uh, and there's other areas of the pitch which you know and we do know we need to add on. But players like Fabio Vieira, they're going to add and they're going to increase the level when he's fit. And it's so good to see that it's almost as if you look at the start of last season, you could shorten the journey. And if he, if he had took over at the start of last season and we had had that season and then we've got to where we are now, you'd say, bloody hell, it was unbelievable. But genuinely, a, a lot of times in his reign, he's been on the brink of being sacked. But the board have never 
you know, they've never said that's going to happen. The fans might have wanted him out a lot, maybe in one of them at certain stages, because I just couldn't see where it was going. But we're now seeing the light of day, you know, we're a few years down the line, we're bringing in the right people, everything's going good. And um, I think ultimately that it's the quality of players, but not just that, it's the way that everyone is is together and the structure and the balance is correct. And it's now not a case of we're signing players for the fun of it. We're signing players to play within a system and to, to actually operate. And, and when one comes out, another comes in and it's not a problem. Whereas previously it was more of a case, oh no, we've lost him, so we can't do this anymore. You know, and there's still a certain few positions that are like that now, but that will change as well. So that's why, I mean, top four is very, very achievable this season. I think it, it really does have to happen to get us back in that Champions League. But my word, if we really do dip next season and, and, and go and, if we can address these couple of areas with real top, top quality, I mean, we're going to be right up there, like proper up there. So it is exciting. And as you say, what a difference a year makes. But if we can have a similar progression, where can we be next year, you know? Absolutely. And I really uh, appreciate and admire your honesty about your thoughts on Mikel Arteta. I think uh, a number of fans have, have felt that way. And I think it's the right thing to do. You know, you, you call the game as you see it. And there were moments last season where a lot of fans had a bit of a wobble. Things weren't going right. And, and we could maybe question, uh, you know, what's the direction of the club and what's sort of happening. We have been more transparent the documentary, of course, but Edu's interview, and now, of course, Mikel with it, with his project that's unfolding, be, you know, before our very own eyes. And Freddie P says, from where we were when Mikel came in to where we now are now in the time frame is unbelievably impressive. Uh, Luce was has talked about the quality of player that that has has come in, raising the ceiling of the squad, you know, influencing other players in the squad to kind of elevate their game. What about the mental side of it? So, you know, Aaron Ramsdale talked about it after the game yesterday, saying that. Sinchenko and Jesus, and actually Mikel Arteta mentioned it in his post-match press conference, uh, the, guy, the standard these guys are setting from the environment that they've come from at Manchester City, which is about relentless winning, um, the, the standard they're setting at London Colney, the players are taking note and they all want to raise their game and be part of that. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big part of, of our improvement, isn't it, Luce? The, the sort of mentality, the mental side of our game. Yeah, definitely. And I think Aaron Ramsdale also mentioned about kind of that nasty streak as such that Jesus has got. And that's coming into the team that he's winning every ball, that he he has that winning mentality and kind of a draw isn't good enough. He wants to win every ball. And I think that is coming through in the team. They're working kind of on their mentality side of things. And it's really starting to show. And I think you do look at the heartbreak of last season of kind of losing out on top four and what that did to the players and kind of where, where they were last season at the end when we kind of didn't get where we want to be and that heartbreak at St James's Park and actually every point matters and I think we had a we spoke about it last season when we lost those three games in a row that should have been wins and actually if we'd have got those nine points where would we have been and I think that's the mentality going into this season actually yeah playing the likes of Fulham, Bournemouth they're classed as what easy games but actually those three points matter and when it comes to the end of the season it could be three points in it that make all the difference um, and I think we've learned that the hard way. Um, and it's that cultural change, isn't it? And I think that's been mentioned so many times. Arteta's come in and had that cultural change. He's got rid of those deadwood players and those players that didn't fit the model that he wanted at the club, those players that kind of didn't respect what he wanted and bringing in these players with the winning mentality. And obviously Arteta kind of had links with those players at City um, and he's seen that mentality and he wants to bring that into Arsenal. And that's exactly what's happening um, and hopefully we'll see that as bigger games come along as we play the likes of Man United and Liverpool and kind of the big tests. 
um, as such. Well, not from what Newcastle showed us today. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can kind of continue that mentality and that cultural change that's been shown so far. I think you're right. I think you both nailed it. It's about uh, quality. So caliber of player experience that they've got, you know, bearing in mind, we were the thinnest and, and youngest and inexperienced squad in the Premier League last season. I think we're still the youngest uh, in, in, the, in the league this season. Um, but, you know, doing that cultural change, Lusa, I can't agree with that enough. I mean, look, I questioned it at the start, you know, because he came and he won the FA Cup and Aubameyang was a key part of that. Nico Pepe was, you know, play, played played good games in that run. And then, of course, he starts getting rid of all the all the sort of, you know, poisonous characters. Genduzi goes. Saliba's obviously sent out on loan for development. Now it all kind of makes sense. But Aubameyang, there was a big fallout. And there was a part of me that thought, you can't just ship out everyone that you have a fallout with like his manager you've got to get the most out of what's at your disposal but it's just been really good like, like you know cleaning the cleaning out the environment getting rid of any sort of toxicity getting rid of players that are you know leading by the wrong example and developing this culture this environment that we've all seen as part of all, all or nothing like it's it's so clear and honest from Mikel like he just wants it to be a place where everybody's in harmony with one another victory through harmony and all that but where everyone's working really hard for the badge really work you know working hard for the club and representing the club on the pitch that the, you know the way that he wants us to do and honestly it's been absolutely fabulous and, and long F may it continue go on Walsh. okay just quickly mate i see um a comment put, you put up there from i think it was e-man e-man and he made a great point um let me bring it up again go on yeah he, he basically said that last season when you watched Mikhail Arteta on the touchline yeah, he, he was is. not. Um, yeah, he, he he genuinely looked like a bloke over the park that couldn't catch his dog off the league. You know, he was just <laughs> running about. Honestly, I'm watching him and I'm thinking, like, why are you so stressed? Like, why are you so out of control here? Like, just calm your dog down, get him back, and put him on the lead. You know, and this season, I'm watching him stand there, and it's like he's fully, he's he's you know, he's had his dog trained, and he and he's got him, he's got it how it wants to be, and he doesn't have to run around like a nutcase, and everything's so calm. And everyone knows what they're doing, and it exudes from the top right through the pitch. Because last season, when I'm watching him run up, I'm getting stressed, and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, like, let alone the bloody players, he's shouting at every two seconds, you know. So it's now sort of looking like, okay, we've done our work all week. We're going out. We're playing this formation. We know what we're doing. This is what the tactics are. All right, if it goes wrong, I'll, I'll react and adapt. But if it doesn't, then I'm calm, and I'm just watching him at the moment, and I'm thinking. You know, well, he knows what he's doing now. He, he really does know what he's doing now. So I think when you see the manager exude that confidence and calmness, I think it goes straight through the team, you know. And I, I just, it's, it's really promising to see all the way through. What I will say is, let's see how we react when we do it a rough patch, because we will. Unless we go unbeaten again and we just win the league, just like that. But, you know, we, we, <laughs> we're going to, we, we're genuinely going to hit. It's going to be a spell. We've got young players. We're going to have to react at some stages. Let's not lose our heads. Let's not have situations like Newcastle last year when we just completely lost the plot and we had certain fixtures and you could just see and it was like pandemonium there and all the players' heads, you can see you can see it running through the heads. I don't know what the hell's going on. So at the moment, even when we, the way we reacted when we conceded against Leicester, you know, that was just, no one panicked. What did we do? We scored again. All right, we can see, all right, we'll score again. It's not... Um, Last season, it'd been like, oh no, what we're we going to do here? Let's drop back, let's 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 absolutely crap ourselves. But no, play calm, play the way you're playing, create another chance, get the goal, and on we go. So that for me is the, a massive change, a massive massive change. But that comes from the top, and then you get to see a sort of a replication of the manager on the pitch, which is what I really like at the moment.
And talking of the top, uh, Edu, uh, Eri Hart, loose to you this is going to be, says the best signing for Arsenal is Edu, in my opinion. <laughs> has all or nothing and has the, the, the transfer activity that we've had, the strategy, um, does that make you feel the same, Luce? Has Edu been, you know, sort of instrumental in, in what, we, what we're achieving at the moment? I think kind of all or nothing opened all of our eyes to kind of the direction the club is going in and what's happening at the top because we don't always have those kind of insights from the likes of Edu of what's actually happening. And I think in a certain situations last season, we all kind of took the high road and we all knew what was going on when actually there was a lot of things going on behind the scenes that we didn't kind of know about. Um, I think they have a clear path going forward. I think in Edu's interview, talked about the five-year strategy um, and we're only halfway through that. So I'm excited to see what that looks like at the end. Um, but yeah, knowing there is that plan in place and knowing we are rebuilding the team. Um, and we're starting to see that. I think we started to see that a little bit towards the end of last season um, before it all did kind of go wrong. Um, but yeah, starting to see it again this season. I think all or nothing has opened our eyes to that. Um, and open our eyes to kind of how Arteta sees things as well. Um, and when he got that board out and he was saying, you need to know where each of your players are, we see that on the pitch now. And it's kind of aligning that documentary to actually, oh, we can see what's going on here. Um, and yeah, I think that's been a really kind of good connection between the club and the fan base, um, as well as the directors up top as well, um, and seeing how they work and how that contributes to the club. So yeah, I think it's been really positive all or nothing. Yeah, and all or nothing, everything that, that I read about Arteta, I try and read in his voice now, it's really ruined it for me. <laughs> when, I read, when I read the gaffer's comments on the website, I'm like, oh my God, I can hear it in Mikel's voice. Uh, right, I want to move on to the last slide, uh, which uh, and it's prompted me by this uh, comment here from Andy Love, who says, Arteta saying yesterday about still trying to add firepower sounds exciting, given the quality of players we've brought in so far this window. So both of you, I want to get your thoughts on a wide player or a goal scoring sort of forward, you know, what does firepower mean to you? And these are just players in random order that we've been linked with in some capacity over the last few weeks. And I just wonder if there's a player on here or not on here that you might want to see at the club. So uh, for those of you guys watching, you should be familiar, but in case you can't see Callum Hudson-Odoi out of sorts at Chelsea, um, English homegrown could be a player settled in London, of course, Cody Gakpo, Manchester United are actively pursuing him. The young captain of PSV left-sided attacking player, Wilf Zaha, we've seen what he's done over the years in the Premier League. We've seen what he did just yesterday to Aston Villa. Pedro Neto um, had a really tough injury, but, you know, young, explosive, quick, exciting winger down at Wolves will probably cost a, a pretty penny. Michael Elise at Crystal Palace uh, reportedly has a £35 million release clause in his contract, which Palace are working quite quickly to kind of eradicate. I think that clause expires at the end of this month. And Jeremy Pino playing for former Arsenal manager Unai Emery at Villarreal at the moment was coming to you first. Firepower. Is that something? I mean, you know, Fabio Vieira, we haven't even seen yet, but firepower. Is that something that you think the team lacks? Is that something that you think Mikel Arteta is absolutely right to be pursuing right now? Yeah, and I think when he, when he alludes to firepower, he literally means numbers. He means numbers. And ultimately, that really, really matters. And he knows that matters. We spoke about it before, turning 60 goals into 90 goals, 100 goals. That's what we need to do. That's why he signed someone like Fabio Vieira to give additional numbers for midfield. And at the moment, when you've got, got the young kids we've got, on, on on both flanks, you know, we, we need to add, for me, uh, as he says, firepower. But I think uh, the profile of player is important. And I'd like to add sort of um, an elder player rather than an, an additional. Obviously, players like 
uh, Gakpo are extremely talented. You know they are. All them, all them players mentioned, they're all very, very good players. But um, I personally, I don't, I don't know how, if he would move or is uh, Domenico Berardi at Sassuolo. This this guy has been there for years and years and years. Right, he's just turned twenty eight. In his last 60, 65 appearances, he's got fifty nine goals and assists from the right hand side. He got into the Italian squad, um, obviously for the Euros. And he's got to a stage of his career now where he's just turned 28. I think for the next sort of three, four years, he could still play at the top, top level. And I, I just think that is the kind of profile of a player. He's two-footed. He, he's great with his left. He cuts in from the right-hand side, very similar to Saka on the right-hand side. It's a good rotation for him. And I think, I know he's just signed it. He's literally just signed a new contract, but I think that's more to protect his value. And he's essentially come out and said that he, he's, he said multiple occasions that he would like to leave the club in the past. But the, the right move for him has never really come along. Um, and it might just be that this project, and, and if Arteta can convince him, you know, that might just be the thing in his head that clicks. But ultimately, his numbers are frightening. I think his age is superb because we know the talent we've got, the young the young, young players, even someone like Marquinhos, you know, if you've got a 28-year-old coming now in three, four years' time, where's he going to be? You know, where's Saka going to be? Where's Martinelli going to be at that age? They're going to be sort of 25 coming into their peak years. So I think that's the kind of age. And, and I know Wilf, Wilf probably does fit that. But um, I see Wilf more on the left-hand side. And I do think it's that right-hand side we need to get someone there. That's what it's in. And that I do think Berardi could be a bit of an under-the-radar. under, under the radar, And I know he would come on money. And there's not many Italians that come to the Premier League. But I just think if there's a, if there's a player out there, for me, the age, the work rate, you know, the Italians are defensively very astute as well. They're just naturally good at it. And his goals and assists, his numbers, you know, they're very, very high. So that's sort of the kind of profile I'll be looking for because there's not many elite level players available now. Obviously, Serge Nabry might have been available at one stage. That didn't quite materialise. Apart from that, you know, it's very difficult to get the finished article. And I think with the young players we've got, if we can add someone who's of the age, who's been there and done it, who who is contributing massively, I mean, 59 goals and assists in 60 odd, 65 games is just astonishing for a club like Sassuolo. So, you know, that's that's for me the profile I'll be aiming towards. There might well be a couple more out there, but I do just think that that sort of age, 28 years old, if they can play sort of another four-year, a little four-year contract, support Saka, support the other young kids and then bring their development up, I think that is the profile. Players like Cody Gakpo, of course, you've done your breakdowns and he's superb, extremely talented, but... Again, he's a young player that's going to come from the Eredivisie. He's going to—he might struggle. He might hit a tough patch. It's very difficult. Whereas this bloke's a fully, fully fledged grown man, been there, done it, performing in the Serie A. I just think that kind of profile is what I would go for, and that's what I think Mikel means by firepower. And that's why you've seen Jesus coming, who is of the age. He's been there, done it, won leagues, played for Brazil. You know, he's—he's—he's he's, he's a fully fledged man, and I know he's still 25, but he is a senior player, and I think that's what Mikel alludes to. So I think we might come in for a surprise and there might well be a bit like the Fabio Vieira signing that it just sort of comes out of the blue and, 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 and we shock a few people with it. So that's what I'd be after. Well, Omar says Domenico Berardi is a good shout and uh, I mean, his numbers are absolutely phenomenal. Luce, mm. same question to you. Lots of people have been talking about the players on screen. One or two mentions for Leroy Sane. Um, also a shout for, and I don't want to butcher his name, but I feel like I'm going to do it anyway. Gachiga says Mikhailo Mudrik, uh, the Ukrainian, uh, Sinchenko would be the agent. Uh, Luce, <laughs> are there any sorts of players on this screen that, that kind of attract you? 
is is was spot on about the sort of age profile of who we should be going for because obviously we have got a young squad it's not really about you know closing the door on on, on these youngsters that we've got in these attacking positions what sort of firepower yeah, would you like I to think- see us add Definitely kind of that older age profile, bringing in that experience to bring up those kind of younger younger players. I literally just in a comment that's taken away my words that I was about to say about looking at cover kind of for holding midfield. Because um, I think if anywhere, I feel like that's kind of the place where we could be weak. We're into playing maybe, we're probably playing two games a week. Obviously, we're going to look at player rotation, Thomas Party, Xhaka. Um, Thomas Party's been good, he's been consistent, but he uh, for me, he hasn't been outstanding. Um, I think potentially getting a player in to kind of cover that area. In terms of all other areas, I feel like we're fairly strong. Um, obviously, you never say no to Arteta signing the firepower player that he wants. Um, <laughs> but you look at the signings he's brought in so far, he's not done that deadline day rush that he's kind of tried to get someone through because we need it. Um, you look at the likes of Manu and Chelsea, they are getting in players now because they're kind of desperate. Um, and they have to get players in because you look at kind of their starting starting lineups in their first couple of games of the season, they're desperate. And I think for once, it's kind of nice that we've kind of got our players in and they're getting settled. It's, I can't wait. And I'm so excited to see Vieira on the pitch. Um, I think he's going to be a great addition for us. Um, so anyone I think he's going to add, he will add for a reason. And he said that, hasn't he? Artes said that in previous press conferences that he's only going to add if he thinks it benefits the team because there is no point bringing in those big players for the money if they're not going to add value and they're not going to kind of be in that culture of Arsenal that he's trying to build. Um, and for me, it's exciting seeing those kind of players come in, being part of the team. So, yeah, I feel like experience is great. So if he can bring in those players like Wasp was saying, that would be great. But equally, I'm quite happy with the team as it is now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, look, whoever Arteta brings in, I think we're all going to back. I think he's proved over the last couple of windows that he he knows exactly what he wants. Uh, they know exactly the type of player, profile of player that we want. It's interesting. I've never, ever warmed to the idea of Zaha at Arsenal. And I'm not going to say that I, you know, he's the one that I want. But someone said to me in the last late night latte that if these were the six choices, which player would you want to represent your team tomorrow? Or if you're a fullback, and you're lining up against any of these players, who would you not want to come up against? And for me, I think that answer is Zaha. And I think, you know, what is he, 28, 29? I don't want to start that argument again, but he's got a year to go on his contract. Was talks about the older profile of player. You know, maybe, maybe, but you know, I don't think Palace are going to let him go, and, and maybe that boat, that, that ship has sailed. But, you know, the players that I see on here, if we're looking for an experienced player, there's quite a few comments in for, 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 for Zaha, actually. But if we're going for a youngster, Pedro Neto is my choice. I flipping love that boy. Uh, right. I think we're going to leave it there. But before we go, let me stop sharing the slides. Um, Was and Luce, do stick around for the last few minutes because I want to bring in another special guest who is Mike from the Gooners podcast. Mike, welcome to Latte Firm, my friend. Thank it is you, good okay. to have you on. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How how could you not be doing great at this point, man? I mean, everything everything in life, everything in Arsenal life is is doing well. And 48 hours, I, I head on a plane and head over to my uh, my adopted homeland, and uh, can't wait for it. Hello, Luce. Hello, Was. How you doing? Hi, mate. You're right. Hi. Yep, good to see you. 
Uh, Mike, it is great to have you on. It's lovely to hear your excitement and your encouragement, but you want to talk about a special event and the Guna versus cancer. So floor's yours, my friend. Uh, just shy of 500 people watching. What do you want to say? Appreciate it. And, and you know, again, I got to say that since I've been doing Gunners versus Cancer events and fundraisers, it, it's just been an incredible atmosphere. I mean, the, even when the team is performing poorly, which has been much of the time that I've been doing Gunners versus Cancer, when you consider started in 2017, uh, it's it's the one thing that you could just point to and say, you know what, this this fan base Whatever you think of this fan base, it's not. Uh, it's not the negatives. It's not the cri- you know the griping. It's not the the battles back and forth. It, it really is a community. And you know what we're seeing now in the stands and at the pubs and all that is is just the the manifestation of success on top of what we already have. But um, but FK, you're going to be uh, amongst uh, a handful of folks that are joining me uh, for a live podcast and fundraiser a week from Friday. Uh, or I should say Friday week, I believe, um, at the Ridley Road Social Club in Dalston, which I understand is not far from Hackney. Um, that's right. And um, you know, I, I I know my geography pretty well, but that's a part of that's the part of the city that I haven't really spent too much time in. But um, but we're gonna have fun on a Friday night, starting at six thirty, seven o'clock or so. We'll have some fundraising, some kind of meet and greet, and just general bar meet. If if you were here in uh, in May, we did one of those at the Tollington. was a was just a great night. FK is going to be there. Sophie Nicolau from the Highbury Squads uh, flying in just just for this show. She's not doing anything else. She's coming in wow. on her birthday. Uh, she will be with us uh, at the show. We're going to have Tom Canton uh, from the Gunner Talk TV and Football London, and uh, who else we got? Um, we also have uh, Jesus. I'm forgetting one. Uh, well, go to gvclive.com. Oh, I'm going to catch a, a, a lot of crap for that. Uh, go to gvclive.com. I know you've been, you've been waiting very patiently in the background, to be fair. I, I, I absolutely forgiven for, for, for almost sort of forgetting your lines. But go to gvc.com and do check out, guys, the Gooners pod, the Twitter handle, and, of course, Gooners v. Cancer. Yeah, it's, it's got, Harry Simeon. And, and, and that's unexcusable that I forgot. Harry Simeon is going to be there. Tom yes. Canton, Sophie Nicolau, FK going to be a panel discussion but really what it's going to be about is just a, a fun evening you know it's the night after the transfer window so we'll all have plenty to talk about two days before we head off to old trafford so we'll all be hopefully in a good mood getting ready to you know to to, to get some scalps up there and uh all of the money raised by ticket sales and tickets are five pounds each uh you get a donation uh to the leukemia lymphoma society which it all goes to to help fight blood cancers raise awareness um, help families who are dealing with that and find a cure. And um, with Gunners versus Cancer, anytime you make a donation, you have a chance of winning something great. And in this chance, uh, you, you'll automatically be entered into a raffle where someone at the show that night will will win a uh, legend sign, uh, retro jersey signed by your choice of Alan Smith, Kevin Campbell, Perry Groves, or Lee Dixon. Um, and they'll write a special message on there, whatever you ask them to write, within reason, I think. Um, and we'll also be joined by Ruth Beck, who is an incredible Arsenal artist, who, if you haven't seen her artwork, go to ruthbeckart.com, go to buyruthbeckart.com. But she's going to be there giving away a very limited edition print called Highbury Days that she co-developed with uh, with, with your good mate, Gav, um, uh, from she war i think he's going to turn it into a jigsaw puzzle for christmas and uh, and 
the, the original piece of artwork, the print is going to be framed and signed by the artist and given away that night. So if you're not doing anything on Friday, the 2nd of September, go to gvclive.com. It's going to be a fun time. And, and uh, you and I will finally get to meet in person after that. Indeed, Mike. And worst case scenario, come along, um, you know, throw throw fruit and vegetable at me, uh, raise some money for cancer, and uh, of course, let the tequilas flow. Mike, thanks for joining. Uh, Mike is on Goon, the Gooners Pod and Gooners v Cancer. Uh, Lucy, if anybody wants to follow Lucy, she is at Luce Fergie, L U C F E R G Y, and of course, was at Arsenal was was Lucy. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a lot of fun. Hopefully, come back soon, uh, Lucy. Good luck with your uh, your your move soon and was. I hope you're not too hot tonight. I know I know it gets warm in your house. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't got the fan. I can see the sweat boots. But thanks oh, a lot. Thank, <laughs> thanks everybody for watching. We've had hundreds. I reckon we've had we've gone over the couple of thousand mark tonight on the on the late night latte live, which is great. So until next time, uh, it's bye for now. 